Hello, welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. I'm still Kevin Daly. And this week we're talking about Tammy and the T-Rex from 1994, directed by Stuart Raffle. Everything in Tammy's life is just great. But when you're young and in love, life can get very complicated. Especially when it involves an insanely jealous creep. That's my lady, all right? Late night phone calls. I want you to come over. Yes! Sneaking around in your own house. Did you lock the door? Don't worry. Your boyfriend getting dumped in a wild animal park. And a crazy doctor. Well, that's it. Who turns out to be a mad scientist. And if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs, right? With an insane invention that only needs a brain. But this Tyrannosaurus Rex just wants to be a party animal. Even when you tell the truth, nobody believes it anymore. It was a dinosaur. What? It's more than a machine with a brain. I mean, it's a machine with feelings. We're on the brink of something special. Ah! We are going to be immortalized. Is that really you in there? Oh, Michael, what have they done to you? You poor thing, you gone crazy. Byron, I am not going crazy. This is just a little hard to explain. We found the dinosaur, Sheriff. It's in a truck uh, being driven by your back by, by your son. Byron? Uh, yes, sir. You see a couple of folks back in the hospital. They, they say he stole it. Stole what? The dinosaur. Oh, jeez. That is my dinosaur that you are threatening. I made him and he is mine. Oh. What are we gonna do? I will give you. Not if Tammy has anything to say about it. Tammy and the T-Rex. Apparently, Tammy and the Teenage T-Rex. Yeah. Um, movie doesn't know what it wants the characters' names to be, apparently. Well, the version we watched on Shudder, it's yes. from the recent Vinegar Syndrome release of it, so it's the unrated version. Right, well... well cover that a little bit more because interesting things yes it's a very interesting movie and it starts with well those credits with the awful font that you pointed out yeah the font hurts my eyes so 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 much and denise richards and her girls cheerleading at high school none of jazz, them look jazz jazzercising yes jazzercising it is the 90s playing this bad song that sounds like Pink Floyd's Dirty Woman, but it's about dinosaurs. I Hopefully they're not actually dancing to this song in the uh, in the auditorium, because that would be very sad. That would be. That would be the saddest high school. Could be dancing to, you know, that one song that everybody get on the floor. Oh, the actual do the yeah, dinosaur. Everybody do the dinosaur. I, that's from that era, right? I think. Yeah, I think, about, I think that's about the right time. Probably just couldn't afford the rights to the song. Probably. Well, they they made this movie in like a week. Because the that's background true. of this movie is Stuart Raffle had a friend that was oh, like... Oh, 1987. It was Walk uh, the Dinosaur from 1987. Who did it, since you have that up? It's by uh, the band Was, parentheses, not was. Okay, I know they had some weird name. Yep. Anyway, 
So Stuart Raffle had this friend who had a uh, animatronic dinosaur. And he's like, check it out, and it moves and everything. But um, I'm shipping it to this guy in Texas next month. Do you want to make a movie with it real quick? And Stuart's like, well, yeah. <laughs> they wrote a script in like two days and shot it really, really quick before that dinosaur had to go to Texas. I mean, sometimes inspiration just comes animatronically walking up to you. Whether that inspiration is good or not is uh, another story. And so we meet Tammy's best friend, who is this fam- flamboyantly gay man named Byron. Yes, who reminds me of a uh, dear family friend who I love, who looks similar, but acts and sounds very similar as well. And even my wife noticed immediately, even without the sound on. It was pretty funny. And we also meet the boy that Tammy's been flirting with. And yes, we'll go with flirting with, because there's some dialogue later in the movie that really confuses me about the timelines. Played by six foot two but ten year old baby face. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Seriously looks like he's he's like ten years old. It's ridiculous. I mean I knew it was him going into this movie, but it didn't quite look like him. Well it looks like ten year old Paul Walker. Like if you saw like a elementary school yearbook photo of Paul Walker slapped onto a six-foot dude's face. Like, that's what it looks like. The reason that we say flirting with is because Denise, well, what was her name? Tammy. Tammy, or Tanny, whatever. <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah, because it starts with Tanny and the Teenage Rex. Uh, but she has this boyfriend named Billy. Yeah. Who's an absolute evil sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> like, the dude from Deathgasm, not like, this dude would be... This dude shits on that guy's face. Like, this guy is super, super evil. The worst bully. And he happens to see, you know, Paul Walker in the vicinity of his girlfriend and becomes incensed and gets out of the car. That's my lady! Well, the girl he thinks is his girlfriend. Yeah, because she's just not having it. And he attacks Michael. While um, some women around are cheering for Billy... And all I could think of was, I smell skanks. I smell skanks, yes. I mean, if we're talking Paul Walker movies. <laughs> yeah, but they have this fight, and they're rolling around fighting, and then they get to the climax, and it's just dick grabbing. Like, That's all literally just, they're just grab onto each other's cocks, and neither of them wants to let go. <laughs> yeah, they just hold onto it and scream in each other's faces. The most homoerotic scene since uh, Top Gun. And Byron screams out, You ain't holding on to much, Michael. That's right. And the police come to try and break him up. The Hicks, the Hick cops. Yes, and you have that one, what's his name, Norbert or something? They both start with N, I think. Yeah. It's like Neville and Norbert. Neville, yeah. They always sound like they're dubbed. Yeah. Well, and I'd like to point out this is supposed to take place somewhere in L.A. County. Yeah, in fact, I wrote the city down at some point. Because basically the dude just shot at wherever he lived because, again, fast turnaround. Well, everything was within 20 miles of his own house. Right, so this is all like, yeah, this is L.A. County stuff. And the police officers, who you never actually see talk, all of their lines are set off screen. <laughs> you see them all the time, but all their lines are set off screen and have a different audio quality. So I'm like, did they just dub in these cops? That probably is something that happened so so you hear one of the off-screen cops go hey let go of that boy's gonads 
That's right. Another one going, oh, this is one of them testicular standoffs. So apparently this is a common tactic in this region. Yes, and everybody's watching and cheering as just these two guys are holding each other's crotches. I, I mean, you do, do you guys. No judgment for me. That's what you're into. That's what you're into. And they were finally like, okay, you got back up on count of three. You know, I'm like, this is like that scene in Spaceballs where their their shorts get tangled. Exactly. <laughs> it takes some work to separate All these right, guys. You, you go here, and I go here, and... <laughs> and they finally do get separated, and they all run off. Uh, Tammy just screams and runs away. Michael had a cup on, because he just came from football practice, so he was fucking with him the entire time. Yeah. And the winner of the cock-grabbing contest was Michael. Yeah, and the other thing I didn't point out about Michael here, Paul Walker, is the absolute 90s fashion, because he's wearing... It is 94. We're in the dead center of the 90s, so... He's wearing a gray cut-off t-shirt. Yes, he is. It's like it's just basically a midriff. I know, that was... Something dudes wore in the mid-90s for reasons. So we go to another scene now that seems like it's out of nowhere where there's a random dinosaur. Yep, it's a random animatronic dinosaur. And you get the mad scientist... Played by uh, Bernie. Bernie? Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, that is him? Yep. Oh, wow. Pretty sure. I think that's what I read. Uh, he's well. I've never seen him alive. I wrote that the guy kind of looked like RDJ. <laughs> yes, he does. That was my thought. But apparently, apparently that's the Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Wow, alive uh, and well. <laughs> yep, that is uh, actor Terry Kisser. Yep, that was him. The deceased title character of the comedy Weekend at Bernie's and its sequel Weekend at Bernie's Two. But his, here he is, Gunther Walkenstein. At this point, the writer thought he was thought he was uh, making Young Frankenstein sequel, because this guy's and his assistant are basically those characters, but lamer. Yeah, well, he's got two assistants. He's got the one that's... Well, he's technically guy. got three, I guess. Oh, yeah. He's got the, the smart-ass tech guy, and he's got the woman named Helga. I'm going to go with Weasel Radar. I'm going to call the tech guy Weasel Radar. Yeah. And then he's got a dude who's the cross between Arnold and Van Damme. Oh, so he's basically that SNL sketch? Yeah. Are we gonna pump you up? That's right. It's Hans and Franz. That's right. So, you have this T-Rex, and it's this guy's... Ma- mad scientist has invented a puppet, okay? That's that's what he's invented. Yeah. And he's like, it's alive! No, no it's, it's a robot. It's just an animatronic T-Rex, and he's pretending that this is the most revolutionary invention that's going to change the world. And he's like, show me its power! And just it roars. It, it chews a, you know, what, what, what does he, that muscle guy give him to chew on? I don't know. A barbell? I can't yeah. remember. Something heavy. And then it cuts to Paul Walker again. Michael laying in bed, and it's playing this 90s country song about heartbreak and loneliness. Oh, yeah. All of this music, I'm pretty sure, written specifically for this movie. Because it's about the same four songs played in different scenes in the movie. And he's got this, his phone rings, and what the fuck is his fucking ringtone? I mean, it's the 90s, so whatever the ring goes with on his phone. Yeah, I was expecting. Whatever Radio Shack phone he bought. 
Yeah, I was expecting him to pick up a fucking hamburger phone the way this thing was like. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen a landline phone, so maybe they all rang like that in the mid 90s. I don't know. Yeah, we see Tammy's phone is like one of those like pedestal princess phones. Yeah, diamond studded. Super retro phone. It's 94, and she's already got like a retro landline. With that, it's a friggin'. Uh, God, I can't even remember what they're called. It's a rotary phone. Or rotary, yes. Tammy, early hipster. Yeah. Normal, like, dial phones to mainstream. So Tammy's the one that calls him, obviously. You know, oh, I'm sorry I screamed and run off. Do you want to come over and fuck me? Yeah. I'm not convinced she isn't drunk, but it's never actually established. Yeah, I have one note here that goes, is she stoned? <laughs> yeah, she looks drunk to me, or stoned is a possibility as well. But they never establish this. She gives him specific directions of, do not park in front of my house, go to the back, and then go this way. So what does he do? He parks right in front of the house. <laughs> he goes outside of her window with his radio. No, there's no radio. But No, he does the old, like, throw a rock thing. Yes. And she's like, climb up the trellis. And then some random skanks show up. Yeah. And they hate Paul Walker, apparently, because they call Billy. But they just like drama. <laughs> yeah. They call Billy and they say that, oh yeah, Michael's with your girlfriend, and they're in bed making out. Yep. And so... So this is the part where the timeline gets really confusing to me, because they're suddenly just like, I love you, I love you. Weren't you just flirting for the first time, like, two days ago, a day ago, this yeah, morning? Yeah, they're, they're just about to make love. It's like, I don't even know what's going on. So there's some timeline issues here. Either the movie does not establish their relationship well, or there's some sort of chronological time skip, like the chronotor- uh, chronotons in the Futurama. This is a sci-fi movie, technically. Yeah, we'll go with that then. But So Billy and his gang show up, and you have Tammy's parents that are just like, oh, what's that? And there's this gang marching to their front door. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll take care of it. But no, they just push him aside and they stomp up the stairs. Because it is hard to stop, like, 15 people from just barging through yep. wherever they want. 15 angry gangsters. Angry sociopaths and their skanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, what I put with Tammy and Michael in bed together is, like, this sure ain't wild things. <laughs> no. But Michael escapes from the house. Um, but... The gang see him, and they chase him. And it's a weird chase scene, because he's on foot. And they're driving at, like, full speed. He's a football player, but still not going to outrun a car. Yeah. Well, he doesn't quite outrun a car. They do catch up to him. That's true. And they take him to this animal park. Where wild animals are just roaming free. Yeah, it's randomly a lion passing through. You got some panthers because yeah. reasons. So apparently, um, within twenty miles of this director's house is a fucking non-native wildlife preserve. Yeah, you know, in the middle of L.A., a park with lions and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think that exists. And they they bully around Michael a bit more, and they're saying like, "Oh, we're gonna." We're going to let you live. We're going to let you go. And right into the mouth of this lion. Right. And then a game warden shows up. So this isn't just like some random, like, crazy son of a bitch's preserve. This isn't like Tiger King. 
Yeah, this, this is like legit public property with random lions just wandering about that you could just drive right in. Yeah. And apparently it exists in L.A. Allegedly. I, I hope it doesn't because I, I don't – or if it does, I don't want to go anywhere near there. I don't want to be eaten by a lion or a panther or something. That doesn't sound like fun to me. And so they uh, – Michael's attacked by a lion that just fucks him up and the game warden shoots the lion. As one does. And we're going to stop for a commercial break real quick. Yo, Swaldang Schwartenson here with something you might be interested in. How many times has this happened to you? You're out with your buddies and you see your high school girlfriend getting friendly with some nice guy at a school. You can't just allow that to happen. No. You must be a toxic man and do something about that. But what do you do? Well, I introduce you to my new patent-pending fighting style called Dit Battle. This isn't like those complicated forms of martial arts like Kai Manga or Mai Tai, all those complicated moves. Dick Battle is so easy, anybody can do it. All you have to do is just grab your opponent's dick. That's it, just grab the dick and hold on to it as long as you can. If you're thinking, that sounds pretty gay, well, fuck off, homophobe. There's nothing gay about a man grabbing another man's penis. The penis is the most manliest thing about the man. So the most masculine thing you could ever do is hold on to it and caress another man's dick. You can slap around your chin leader girlfriend around easily. It's 1994 and nobody gives a shit about that. But to truly fight a man, it's all about lovingly grasping another man's genitals and just holding it. That's pretty much all there is to dick battle. So the next time you want to bully some high school kid, try holding onto their crotch. You can thank me for all the victories ahead. And we're back. We're in the hospital now. You know, Tammy and Byron rush to the hospital to see Michael, who's apparently in a coma. And so is his uncle Bob. Well, but his is self-induced. Yes, we have. We meet Uncle Bob, but meet is a loose term because he is passed out drunk. Yep. And Byron even like picks up the flask from Uncle Bob's hand and just takes a few shots. Not a bad idea, frankly. And I think Billy shows up even. Oh yeah, later. My favorite though. This is yeah. This is before before. Our scientist guy shows up, right? Yeah, yeah, because I they have, have a fight. Tammy kicks him in the balls. It's funny. And somehow Uncle Bob just stays passed out all the yep. way through this. And that's when our doctor shows up. And I love this scene because there's a dude who's just like shot, like trying to get like attention from the nurse at the station. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, wait your turn." And it's like, sounds like the American ER system to me. Yeah, and this whole sequence with the doctor here is really like what you were saying earlier that. The director's attempting to do Young Frankenstein. 
Because it just goes into ridiculous comedy throughout this. Because the doctor, well, he's going in, you know, with his nurse Helga. And how did they know about Michael being there and why if they picked him? Um, you must have heard that some kid was in a coma for multiple days and the brain wasn't damaged, but I don't know. But they, um, they asked the nurse where he is. Nurse says he's in Section C, where the doctor goes, oh, Section C, that's a good number. Right. And they ask questions about the body, oh, their injuries to the skull, you know, and he's smoking a cigarette, by the way. Yeah, yeah, well, he does this throughout the movie. He's smoking a cigarette in the hospital, and he hands it to some orderly, who goes, oh, thank you. What was the, let's see, oh, Byron asks about Helga, haven't I seen her in a movie? And he goes, not that one, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Implying that she's a... A porn actress. Yes, an adult film actress. And Helga unplugs... I guess it's not the life support, it's just the heart monitor. Right, just to make everybody think that he's dead. Yeah, and... And... Dr. Walkenstein goes slamming on his chest, Live! Live, Michael! Live! Live! Oh, well, that's that. He's dead. Ah, it's a shame. Okay, let's take the body... Yeah, it's just, again, it's just like trying too hard to be like young Frankenstein or something. Uncle Bob wakes up for a moment to go, oh man, everyone's having a bad day. <laughs> and then drink more and pass right the fuck back out. Sometimes you gotta go out drinking, because then you can stop thinking how the world's done you wrong. And then when they're trying to load Michael's body into their car, Michael wakes up, and he's a bit panicky at first, so they give him morphine, and he just overacts about like... Oh, wow, that feels good. Yeah, because Paul Walker still can't act. In this, he can't act at all. Right. And he passes out and then hops back up again. I had the weirdest dream about a tornado in Kansas, and you were there, and you were there. So Helga just punches him in the face. Yeah. Calls it a day. You dreamt about the shitty part of Wizard of Oz? I mean, isn't that most of Wizard of Oz? Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Hot takes. And so they um they get Michael back to their lab and they're going and they're playing all this goofy shit with his brain. They cut his skull open, it's like, Oh, I'll go look at this, you know, you can trigger these parts of the brain to make things happen. Like they make well, his leg kick. They literally start cutting to his head with a scalpel and he wakes up. So Helga knocks him out again. Yeah. Or or not. Not Arnold knocks him out again, I can't remember. Somebody knocks him out again. And then they take, like, a bandsaw to his head, because that's the kind of thing you would use to open a skull. Yeah, and preserve the brain. Right, yeah, because you're not going to cut into the brain or anything. Also, he's smoking the entire time. He is. But yeah, then they start poking the brain, making his wang stick up, and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're laughing about it. They're like, oh, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, there's a, a another Mel Brooksian gag where... He's cutting into the brain, the blood spraying all over evil radar. It's like that scene from uh, Dracula Dead Loving It when they're staking the vampire. Oh, yeah. And the blood just keeps coming and coming. Yeah. You know, so they're moving the brain into the dinosaur. And radar is salty because... He's built a computer with artificial intelligence to run the dinosaur. That's right. But no, the scientist is like, no, we'll just take some poor schmuck's fucking brain. And and Evil Radar orders a pizza. 
Right. In the meantime, hooked his brain up to a jar before they put him into the dinosaur. <clears throat> and much like in Blood Diner, once a guy, yeah, and a guy was thinking with his penis and ended up as a brain in a jar. Yes, exactly. I think there's a lesson to be learned here. Keep it in your pants, boys. Otherwise, you're going to be a brain in a jar. The pizza delivery guy shows up just as, uh, as Michael's starting to awaken and startles the pizza guy who just leaves his pizza and, and leaves. The pizza boy is Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Yep, it is. It certainly is. So, Evil Radar and Wannabe Arnold. Arnold. Yeah, they're they're eating the pizza, and the Evil Radar's monologuing about how much he hates Walkenstein, and he's teasing the dinosaur. Meanwhile, Paul Walker's skull top is like, like just kind of sitting there, like a bowl. Yeah, and he tosses his pizza crust into the skull, and which of course I guess pisses off Michael. Like that's my fucking skull, and right. He uh. Eats evil radar, but eats is not the right term because it's not like this dinosaur can swallow and have a digestive system. Nah, he just kind of decapitates him and then the head just kind of falls out of the mouth because robot. And he smashes the uh, the other guy, the wannabe. Yeah, just kind of walks over and literally turns him into pancake. Yeah, because we see. But you don't later. really you you don't see that until later, but yeah, the the aftermath and. He goes outside, and the effects here are so bad with this dinosaur. Yeah. He goes outside, scares a couple people, and then uses his tiny little T-Rex arms to call Tammy. Somehow. And uh, meanwhile, he just breathes heavily into the phone, because that's not creepy, because he can't speak. Yeah. I'm sad they didn't let Paul Walker talk while in the dino. That would have been a lot of fun. But yeah, he tries to call Tam, he realizes it won't work out, and now he's just a depressed dinosaur. And this came out after Jurassic Park, I'd just like to point this out. This isn't yes. like, this isn't like, oh man, they did it first, and that's why the effects are bad. Nope, it's just a cheap movie. Yeah, um, give me one second here, we're gonna stop for commercial break. Hello. I am Dr. Gontier Walkenstein. You may not recognize my name yet, but soon all the world will know the work of the great Dr. Walkenstein. History is filled with famous scientists and inventors whose work changed the course of humanity forever. Ah, the caveman invented fire. Thomas Edison gave us light bulb. Nicholas Otto gave us the internal combustion engine. Al Gore invented the internet. And now, I, the great Dr. Walkenstein, will forever change the course of human history once more as I have invented the dinosaur. This isn't like that Jurassic Park. Bullshit from last year. We are not wasting our time fucking about with stupid DNA like a ridiculous amateur. No. I have invented the robotic dinosaur. Now you might be thinking, but Dr. Walkenstein, that's just an animatronic dinosaur. We've had that kind of thing for years. To that I say, fuck you. 
My revolutionary robotic dinosaur isn't some sort of fucking puppet. My dinosaur is powered by an actual human brain. Now, you too can become a dinosaur. All we need to do is scoop out your brain, drop it in the Robosaurus, and boom! You are a dinosaur forever. It's a pretty permanent operation. You'll forever be a ten-foot tall T-Rex with goofy arms and no real way to communicate. Seem pointless. But, trust me, this will change the world. Alright, we're back. So Tammy and Byron are at a party. Yeah, and it's a really lame one. But everyone's drinking. Yep. Because Byron shows up, he's like, Hey, Tammy, I got you a kamikaze with a vodka chaser. <coughs> I'm like, those are supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, you do what you do. And at the bar, you know, the bartender's showing off, trying to flirt with all the girls. And all of the drinks are rattling on the table, like Jurassic Park style. Right. And somebody goes, oh, is it a dinosaur coming? And the bartender goes, never mind, ladies. Caveman Ken is here to take care of you. That's right. One of the guys, his name is Weasel, actually. Oh, yes. Who is played by, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he is in People Under the Stairs, and he is in the Got Milk commercial, the Aaron Burr one. That's why I recognize him. Okay. Yeah, he is the Aaron Burr. There's some interesting little, like, people who have acted in interesting movies that have all congealed into this, this thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> this thing. And um, he goes, and he's like, he sees the dinosaur. He goes, oh, when they put this thing in, and just pees all over the dinosaur. So he gets eviscerated. He gets eviscerated. Meanwhile, we have Billy and his new girl. Well, just banging the... The nearest skank. Yeah, know. they're in a convertible. He's on top of her, just banging her. And she's freaking out because there's this dinosaur about to eat them. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm good, right? Because he yep. thinks she's screaming because of the fucking, but no. Nope. And the dinosaur kills them both. Yeah, kills her, I guess. She's kind of like just pulled up by the leg. And it's, like, mentioned in passing later that there's a legless girl over there. But uh, Billy gets uh, runs into this tent, and he's, like, screaming, and everyone thinks he's joking. And he gets picked up and dropped his body, and then his head gets bounced in there, too. And... Well, that's because he runs up to the tent, and he's screaming, There's a dinosaur! There's a dinosaur! Everybody has to go! And then we see him being picked up by a dinosaur. And the people in the tent go, Oh, I think Billy's fucking with us. Yeah. And... This is the part where you would play everybody do the dinosaur, because there's this dinosaur just stomping around these people's pools. That's right, but again, that costs money. Yeah. Yeah, this dinosaur in this entire party scene, this is like one night's work. It's just interesting, because he kills all these like kids that caused his death like pretty much off the bat. We're like 45 minutes into the movie here. And then he keeps on killing, except for Byron. Yeah, because Byron's a good dude. Yeah, Byron falls down and... So Michael, because the dinosaur picks him up and dusts off his jacket and gives him a pat on the back. Smooths on. And Byron's like, thank you, dinosaur! I, I can't think of a better reaction. And so the cops show up to this massacre. There's blood and 
entrails and heads and all sorts of stuff. And there's like the police, the, the sheriff. Right, the sheriff. <coughs> sheriff <coughs> Black. Yes, Sheriff Black, who is also Byron's dad. <laughs> who is, in fact, a black sheriff. And you've got these Can't dumb... believe they named him Sheriff Black, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you also have these dumb racist cops. I know, homophobic, too. Homophobic, because they make that horrible joke about Byron. They're like, oh, yeah, if you drop something, don't bend over around that one. Pretty convinced those two are gay with each other, by the way. I think there are some closeted, uh, some closeted feelings there. Yeah, because they find some girl that was a witness, but she's all panicky. And they're like, you're going to have to slap it out of her, Sheriff. D- do you need me to help slap her? And they give him the Sheriff shit because he's not enjoying like all the blood and guts. Yeah. They're like poking around Billy's head. Now, to be fair, no one gives a shit that Billy died. That's one less problem for them. Oh, yeah, you have that other cop that's just playing with the gore. Yeah, making some joke about, I think this was his nose or something like that. And then Byron's explaining that it was a dinosaur that attacked. And he goes, it was as big as an elephant, at least ten feet tall. I'm like, that must have been a pretty big fucking elephant. Yeah. I mean, elephants are big, but they're no ten feet. Yeah, I don't know how high it, uh, like a African bull elephant is. Pretty tall. I rode on one at a fair once when I was a kid. Of course, i got to look this up because... Oh, but now we have to know. I have to know. This is how this works. You're right. Uh, now that's, uh, bulls are 10 to 13 feet at the shoulder. So an African bull elephant could be that tall. Wow. Okay, I'm wrong then. And the females are shorter than that, but the, uh, the males could be that big. And so we get the next morning with Dr. Walkenstein and Helga. With Bernie and Helga. Yep. And they find Carl is the guy's name. The one That's right. Because they're like, Carl, is that you? And he's just flat. Helga's making fun of him. Yeah. And just drags his pancake. Rolls him up like a rug. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is the kind of movie this is. All right. All right, movie. And they're like, well, we got to find our dinosaur now. Yeah, they're, well, and and Doc is, is happy because he's got, like, independent thought. And it seems to be his goal. I mean, we see this a little bit in the next scene. To just make it so that people are functionally immortal. But my thought is, cool, I want to be in a robot body too. But why a robot dinosaur? Yeah, that can't communicate. I mean, proof of concept, but wouldn't it be easier just to create like a a blank or something and just put them in that? Like, very weird. Maybe give you speech in the dinosaur body? Yeah, something like that. And so they, uh, Michael shows up at Tammy's house, old dinosaur. King Kong style. Yeah, he just shows up to say hi, and Tammy screams, and he's apparently taking her out the window. But I think there'd be a larger dinosaur-sized hole in the wall. Yeah, and you know, Tammy's parents, did you hear that? Oh, you know, it's just Tammy. <laughs> they go upstairs, her room is trashed. A lot of stress as it should have been. Yeah, and the police show up. They're like, oh, I think a meteor or something hit the house. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, Tammy says that after meeting up with... Uh, oh, yeah. And figuring out through charades that it's Michael. The charades with the dinosaur stuff is so fucking stupid. I mean, it's the only thing you could possibly have, though, given that he literally cannot speak. But she is not panicked by a fucking dinosaur sitting there playing charades with her. <laughs> She's happy that her three-day-old boyfriend relationship, she's still alive? Yeah, I guess. He, he manages to communicate. Chronotom. Chronotoms. 
It's actually six years later from the start of the movie. Yes. He communicates with her that, you know, he is, in fact, Michael. Michael's brain is in this dinosaur. I mean, he does a pretty good job of being a dinosaur and and convincing her that he is who he is. Yeah, although a T-Rex playing charades is some goofy fucking shit. I mean, is it worse than anything else we've seen in this movie at this point? And that's when she comes back, and they're like, the dinosaur attacked her house. Oh, no, it was a meteor. Right, because now he's, she's covering for him, for obvious reasons. And she tells Byron what's going on. Right, Byron, oh, yeah, that's right. They picked me up and dust off. i sure I knew he recognized me. <laughs> and so they're like, well, we got to get his body back, so let's go to the funeral. Right. Nothing possibly could have gone well from this idea. No. <laughs> and... So we have Michael's funeral, and they're like, we're going to get his guardian, Uncle Bob, up to say a few words. And he's drinking and stumbles up, and he's... I don't even remember what he says. Well, he admits that he's a drunk, and then says that Michael gave him hope, and then he's gone now. And I actually felt bad for Uncle Bob for a minute. Who just drinks some more and stumbles away. Also, the priest sucks. The priest in Final Destination 3, who's just honest about, you're all going to die, suck it up, is much better. Oh, what did this priest say? Trying to talk about, I don't know, something uplifting. Oh. oh. And somehow the robot's crying. At his own funeral. But more importantly, the robot is crying. (laughs) They, mad scientist, you know? Yeah, I don't. And then I have a bunch of missed notes here. But they, they, they don't get the body. Well, that's because it's uh, <clears throat> decayed beyond, again, chronotons. Yeah. Because we're at about like six, eight months worth of decay in the whatever it is, two days that he's been dead. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so they... They have a fight over there. They manage to tie them up. Oh, Denise Richards looks like the singer for Four Non Blondes somehow uh, in, her, in her funeral outfit. She does the... Catholic cross before jumping in the... She didn't want to jump into the thing. I guess she's Catholic. Nothing actually that interesting. I took a bunch of notes here just because the scene was ridiculous. Yeah, and they get the dinosaur in a truck, and they drive away, and there's a police chase. To where yeah. They, and they go back to the same barn that's, like, behind Denise Richards' L.A. home. Well, they did have the scene of the morgue. Oh. Before the car chase yes. scene. Where they're trying to pick him a body... And Denise, uh, apparently not, Tammy not attracted to women, because uh, she doesn't want him to take the, the girl body. And uh, Byron's a size queen. Oh. Finds this dude who's super hung, apparently, and Tammy thinks it's too big for her, but <laughs> Byron doesn't think it's too big for him. Of course, she sleeps with the dinosaur, because it's like the next morning Byron comes in and is like, are you decent? And like later on the cops are like, is the dinosaur with her in there? Yeah, do you see how she's walking? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. So, yes, the the hung guy was too much, but a fucking dinosaur cock? Oh, she can ride that. But there's, I don't even, I, I, you know, like at this point in this movie... And there's the scene where she literally rides the dinosaur. That's true, like, rides him off into the sunset. Yeah, so, and she's having sex with this dinosaur, they wake up all spooning... <laughs> That's that's implied, yes. I'm happy they didn't give us that uh, that scene. No, I'm glad they didn't. Even in this unrated version, they had the dignity to not show us that. It's the only dignity they had, but yes, they they gave us that. Although, remember when there was that series of books for sale on Amazon about women having sex with uh, dinosaurs? Well, then there's BadDragon.com. Oh. If you want. 
if you're into that sort of shit. Oh, I suppose I could go to BadDragon.com and order my Paul Walker Dino Cock. Oh, yeah, they're Dragon Cocks? I'm assuming they gotta have a Dino Cock in there somewhere, right? Yeah, they have to. Um, but I'm not going to... I, I do look a lot of things up. I'm not going to Bad Dragon and start looking for... <laughs> Nor am I. For Dino Cock uh, dildos. I'm just not going to do it. Sorry. Sorry, viewers, listeners. You can, uh, you can do that yourself. So the um, police show up. And they're like, we need something white to, to tell the cops that we're, you know, surrendering, that we're not to shoot us. Other than you, she says. Yeah, something white besides you. She is pretty white, though. And they use her bra. <laughs> right. And they go out, and the, the dumb cops are like, oh, they're waving a flag. And it's like, that's not a flag, that's a goddamn brassiere. That's also when Dr... Walkenstein shows up with Helga again, and they're they're trying to get back their dinosaur and explain that they're going to go in with a tranquilizer. Ro- again, robot. Yes, and I think Byron points that out to them. But the cop, but the cops are dumb, and uh, the doctor convinces them it's a special new type, very advanced technology. And they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because Byron's like, ah, yeah, tranquilizer's not going to work on a robot. But he goes in, and Helga and the doctor are both eaten by the dinosaur. I think Helga survives. Helga runs out. Oh, she does run out, yeah. But she's not really around again. No, she is in the following scene. Well, in a couple of scenes. Because kills the doctor, Michael and his robot dino form comes out. They somehow manage to kill the robot with small arms fire. Yeah, with bullets. And then as he's dying, in quotes, everyone's crying, Tammy's confessing, oh, I love you so much, and then Helga's over there crying, like, suddenly her whole life has been changed as she is moved by this display of affection. Yeah, because they, um, they do something here, which we find out, and we get this fucking ending. Yeah, I'm assuming Helga helped her with this, this is the only thing I can possibly think. Yeah, she could not have come up with this on her own, but she gets home from school, I guess. And she is super happy. And she's holding this big fucking bottle of, like, whiskey. And she sees her dad and mom in front, and says hi, and gives them hugs and stuff, and then bounces off upstairs, and her dad's like, I don't know if we should have that thing up there. Yeah. Oh, she's just, she's just a kid. She's in love. Because she's got, like, a video camera and speaker hooked up to Michael's brain. So... Yeah. He could still end up in the brain in a jar. Still brain in a jar, and he can see and talk to her. And she goes, oh, they found those dead skiers. I'm going to go check out those bodies in the morning. Because they're still trying to find him a body, apparently. And so she gives him the alcohol and just pours, pours it on his brain. Right onto the brain. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you're day drinking. All right. Well, I mean, if you're a brain connected to a video camera, you take what you can get, man. And... She performs this entire striptease for him. First-person camera view from Michael's brain video camera? I don't know. And we have him going, yeah, baby, oh, take it off, I can't take it, oh! And he apparently has an orgasm. Yes, that's implied. Because the brain is sparking and there's... Then he goes, I gotta get a body. And end movie. And, And then the note about, then the credits roll... And it says Tammy, and I'm like, the game can't even get the character's name right in the credits. 
And uh, this is my last note. What the fuck did I just watch? That was a movie. Thanks, Fish. Yeah, that was a movie. Hey, you're the one that picked it after I told you. That's that's true. I was the one that told you, hey, speaking of Fast and Furious, I watched this Paul Walker movie, and you're like, oh, we have to do that movie. That's that's true. I did do this to myself. You're right. But that is a movie. That is Tammy and the T-Rex. God damn, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it is terrible. But it's from the director of Mac and Me. I have not seen Mac and Me, but I'm pretty sure it's a superior film to this. Oh, we will see it at some point, I'm sure. I have no doubt. That thing is absolute exploitation. And actually, we might watch other things from that director. Didn't he do Mannequin 2 as well? Yeah, but we're not going to watch no fucking Mannequin 2. Oh, thank God. (laughs) He'll at least spare me that one. All right. No, no. In the early 2000s, he was doing uh, sci-fi creature movies for Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, okay. So we'll get to see at least one of those. Oh, yeah, there's got to be some good stuff in there. Well, good, I use that term very loosely. So this was also originally released in American theaters as a PG-13 cut kids movie. Yes. Well, young adults movie, whatever. It was a comedy, a goofy, like, romantic comedy. How? Well, they cut out a lot. The movie must have been 45 minutes long. Yeah, there's there's literally entire scenes they could not put in. The brain-cutting-in scene, all of the eviscerations and decapitations. And some of the sex stuff is its not like subtle sex jokes. Right. Like him having a boner when they're playing with his body. That ain't PG-13 there. It's like even in 94, like, I, like how long is this cut? Like, it can't be more than – it has to be less than an hour. Yeah, it had to have been. But, yeah, in um, – a year that I had written down because we're a professional podcast. That's right. In 2019, Vinegar Syndrome, they restored all that footage, including the bad opening credits that say Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. Vinegar Syndrome also theatrically released it. Which, you know, good on them. Not like a full. This was like an Alamo draft house run. Yeah, but that's that's fun. Yeah, uh, I looked up Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, they're doing the, the, well, the devil's work. <laughs> they're preserving exploitation films and all yes. sorts of stuff. They started as a, a way to preserve uh, pornographic films from the 60s to the 80s in the golden age of porn, and they've expanded into other stuff. They uh, completely rebuilt a movie recently based really? on – what was it that I was reading? They found the co- – they found co- – uh, let's see. New York Ninja. It was oh. uh, originally directed, written directed by John Liu. Liu, shot in '84, but it was shelved, and the distributor went bankrupt. And then they acquired the rights. They didn't have access to any audio, storyboards, or scripts, but they reconstructed the film using a new director and dubbed dialogue. Huh? So they finished his film. We might watch that then. And it's a, it's a, you know, kung fu exploit, exploitation film, yeah, exploitation, whatever. Nineteen eighty-four. I think it's totally worth a watch. And so, like, reading that, reading, like, all the work they've done to, like, uh, like preserve movies, and actually, from 2015 to 2018, they had an exploitation streaming service. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, exploitation.tv, apparently. Yep. And uh, I kept, th- all I can think of was, man, that would have been a godsend for our show, right? Yeah, I wish it was still around. 
but they decided to focus more on their preservation work. So, but good for them. They're, they're doing awesome. they're doing good work. Yeah, I I appreciate what they're doing, and uh, even if it also includes preserving movies like this, because they deserve to be preserved too. They are the Criterion Collection of exploitation yep. films. That's that's it. So hats off to Vinegar Syndrome. Really appreciate what you do. If you actually ever listen to this for some reason. Yeah. Um, well, they've done some Richard Gordon Lewis films. Yeah. Maybe they did the one that we have coming up. It's possible. But yeah, that was Tammy and the T-Rex. Special thanks to William Wright for their advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at podcastexploit, or on Instagram, at exploititpodcast. Or contact us at exploititpodcast at gmail.com. So next week, we're looking at football exploitation. Yes. This should be interesting. Yes. So we're doing Varsity Blues and... A bonus movie? <laughs> TBD. <laughs> TBD. So catch us then. Have a good good week. <laughs>